Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Okay, so we're going to look a bit more at um, what it is to to dedicate um, things to the Lord. And there's a bit of a gospel message in there. And there's a little bit at the end of some stuff that God's really spoken to me to just share with you today. So if we just... I'm going to have a quick, we're going to try and skim through some of this quite quickly, but in Leviticus 27, so as I was preparing for today, you know, I just, I was looking at Leviticus 27, and this is an Old Testament book, this is the, the old kind of covenant that God made with the children of Israel, and it's got some amazing things in there about dedicating things to God, and I've, some stuff that I've never even seen before. So back in those days, people, as I said before, they dedicated houses, they dedicated land, they dedicated people to God, and they, what, you, what you used to have to do is you'd have to pay a price. So if we can just have the next slide up, it should be Leviticus 27. So what, what they actually did, um, if you wanted to dedicate something to God, I think the one before that, before that, maybe I missed it out. Was there one right at the beginning? No? Okay, I'll read it anyway. Okay, so, the, so this is from Leviticus 27. Have, have a listen to this. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. And if everyone, anyone makes a special vow to dedicate someone to the Lord by paying the value of that person, here is the scale of values to be used. So people had to, if they wanted to dedicate a piece of land or a house or people to, to the service of the priest or the service of the temple, they had to pay a price as well. So you'd give the land or a house to the, to the priest and you'd pay a price, whatever it may be. It was like shekels back in those days, bits of silver and gold. You'd give them to the priest and you'd give this piece of land or whatever it was to, to the temple for them to use. So the priests, if it was a piece of land, the priests might use that piece of land for some sort of service or some sort of thing that they do in the temple. Or um, if it was a person you were dedicating to, to the temple, you could dedicate yourself. It, the, it, you would go to, into the service, you'd be used in the temple to do whatever. It might be, it could be anything, it could be manual stuff or it could be spiritual stuff, it doesn't matter. But people would give themselves over to the temple, to the use of God, um, so that they could just serve in the temple or, or the, the priest could use that piece of land or property or whatever it is for, for God's purposes. So as I was looking through this, it says that, if, if, yeah, if you do the next slide, so go back to, go back a few, it says, if you vow, if your vow involves giving an animal, that's it, so if your vow involves giving an animal that is acceptable as an offering to the Lord, any gift to the Lord would be considered as holy. So people would give things over to the temple, over to God, and what would happen is that thing would be then considered as holy to the Lord. So once you've given it and dedicated it to God, it would become holy. So something would take place where this, is, this becomes a holy article or land or animal even. Um, if you flick to the next one, it says, however, anything specifically set apart 
for the Lord, whether a person, an animal, or, fam- or family property must never be sold or brought back. Anything devoted in this way has been set apart as holy, and it belongs to the Lord. So as people gave these things, it was like something came upon that thing to set it apart, and it became God's property. This is, becomes God's property. And throughout the Old Testament, there was, there was times where there, uh, David would win a battle and the, the kind of the spoils of war, the things that the, the articles that they won in the war, so it might be gold or silver or whatever, they would, David, what he would do is bring them to the temple and he would consecrate them, which is another way of saying dedicate them to God. And those articles would become holy and they would stay in the temple and they'd be for temple use. So they might take the gold and silver and buy things for the temple or whatever. But something took place where that thing became holy before the Lord. So it's amazing. In the Old Testament, when you go through it, and and you can go through some of the laws and all the books of the Old Testament, on loads of occasions, there's specific things just like this where they actually point to what Jesus did for us on the cross. And it's amazing how the Word of God, even from the Old Testament and New Testament, everything points towards Jesus. It points towards the cross. So I don't know if you've made the kind of connection already, but actually you had to pay a price for something to be made holy so that it could be dedicated to God, so that it could become God's property. And actually that's what Jesus did for all of us. He paid a price where he gave himself for us so that we could have the opportunity to come before God and actually we'd have to then dedicate ourselves to say, God, here I am, I give you myself. But the price has been paid for that to take place and you dedicate yourself and say God I give myself to you and what Jesus did for us on the cross is he wiped away all the price that needed to be paid so all the sin or things that mistakes we've made things that we've done in our lives that haven't been right with God he's cancelled them out on the cross and made a way so that we can come to God and be in relationship with God and be what we call born again and he's made us holy. So if you're born again here today, he's made you holy. You've made that decision to say, God, I give you my life. I take that payment that you've made for me. And he makes us holy. He makes us holy. He makes us set apart. And something happens to us in our lives. Now, some of you, some of you today, if you're born again, if you're a Christian, you might not feel holy. You might feel like you make a lot of mistakes, in, which makes you kind of not holy. But actually, it doesn't matter what you think or feel or whatever. When you gave your life to the Lord, you were made holy. You were set apart by him because of what he did for us on the cross. So if we have a look at the the next slide. And this is 1 Corinthians 1.30. It says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, and that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So because we're in Christ and what he's done for us, that makes us holy, and that makes us righteous, which I was preaching about a few weeks ago, our identity in Christ. It makes us acceptable to God. And the only way you can be acceptable to God is if, if someone has paid that price for you. So Jesus has paid that price. So actually God has paid the price for us. So the... He's actually come and sent his son to pay the price so that we could become children of God, so that we could become right standing with with God, that we could become holy 
and able to access God. And if today you want to know a bit more about that or you want to make a decision to follow God, you can come and speak to one of us leaders, anyone here on the front row or there's Elsie or Kay or anyone around, you can speak to us. And, you know, God wants to see people's lives redeemed. He wants to bring you into relationship with himself so that you know your purpose, you know why you're here. He wants to give you a peace and a love and a joy and, a, you know, he just wants to give you himself. He wants to give you access to himself. So you can make that decision today and follow him. Okay, and I, you know, the next part of what I wanted to say today, I'm glad of what me and Elsie hadn't, hadn't chatted about what she was going to say today. I just said, grab the mic and you say whatever you want to say. But actually, she, she said exactly what I felt God wanted to say to all of us today. And that is not to give up. And I love what she was saying. You, we, you have to sometimes, when God has given you a promise or God has given you something or, or just things are going on in life, don't give up. I said to God, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to bring this morning? What is it people need to hear today? And I felt God say to me, tell people not to give up. And I don't know what's going on in your life. There could be something going on at home with your children, with your marriage, at work, or just stuff going on in your head or whatever it may be in your finances. But I feel like God wants you to know not to give up, but to trust him and he will see you through. He's faithful, like Elsie was saying. He's faithful. It might be something to do with your health. It could be anything. But he's faithful to see you through. So don't give up. And I felt like he said to me that there's some people here that you want to give up being a Christian because you think it's too hard for you to be a Christian. Um, And I believe what God was saying for the answer to that is that you have a wrong understanding of what it is to be a Christian. And sometimes we feel like being a Christian is hard work because we've got to be a certain way and we've got to do certain things and we can't do other certain things. But actually, it's nothing to really do with all of that. Being a Christian is what God has actually done for you and who you actually are. It's not necessarily about what you do. It's who God has made you to be, your identity. And once you actually know who God has made you to be and what God has done for you, you then begin to do the right things and you begin to live in the right way. But it starts off with just knowing who you are in Christ, who he's made you to be. So that's hopefully should encourage some of you today. Don't give up. Don't give up being a Christian. Don't chuck in the towel. Don't quit. Don't give up. You know, God wants you to just carry on and be in relationship with him. And he knows it's not easy. He knows it's hard. He knows the things we go through. He knows the struggles we have in life. But if we don't give up and we don't quit and we keep plugging in and believing and praying he'll see us through whatever we're going through I believe also I believe there's people here today that you doubt your salvation you doubt whether you have been saved and I know that could be a struggle for many Christians over you know over the years that you you feel like, I've given, have I really given my life to the Lord? Am I really saved? Am I really going to make it to heaven? Am I really, do I really belong to Christ? And 
you question that and you doubt that. But I believe God is saying that the moment you gave your life to the Lord, the very first time, you became his. You became his property. Like we're talking about dedication, you became assigned to him, allotted to him. You are his. You belong to him. And actually, he knows... He knows the things you go through. He knows the struggles you have. He knows the, the kind of the battles that go on in your mind. And at, if we go to the next slide, this is in Hebrews. Is this, the, is this the right one? Yes, that's the right one. So it says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us ho- hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he has faced all of the same testings we do yet he did not sin so he's been through everything that we could possibly go through he's been tempted and tested and tried in all the ways that we have in our lives he knows what we're going through he knows our struggles he knows our battles he's not uh, you know and that's why that's why I believe Jesus came as a man to earth God sent him as a person to go through the things that we go through, to know the battles and the struggles of life so that he can say, I've been through that. I know what you're going through. And actually, he wants us, he he empathizes with us. Sometimes we have a wrong understanding of who God is and we think he's just kind of like this angry God who just wants us to be perfect and wants us to do everything right and he doesn't want us to mess up in any way but God's not like that he knows what we're going through and he walks through he walks through those things with us and he just wants us to have a loving relationship with him and walk daily with him and he wants us to be open about the things we struggle with the things we battle with speak to him about them you can do that you can tell him god i'm just struggling to even understand what's going on in my life right now i'm struggling to understand you know just what's happening with my kids with my job with whatever he wants to, you to be open and to be honest with him because as it says there he's been through things and actually he's been through a lot more than we've been through Amen. If you know anything about the cross, he's, he's had a hard time and he's, he's sacrificed more than we'll probably ever sacrifice in our life. In 2 Corinthians 11, um, this is what Paul says. And Paul has been through some stuff. So he says this, I've worked harder and been put in prison more often. I've been whipped Times without number, I faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was being beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers, from robbers. i faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, in the desert, on the seas. And I face danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry, thirsty, and I've often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then besides all this, I've daily had the burden and, and of, of my concern for all the churches as well. So Paul's been through some things, but actually... And things that we probably will never even go through or never even experience. But he comes out and he still stands firm in his belief of God. So if you have the next slide in Philippians, it says, 
Paul says this to the, the, the church in Philippi, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. So he presses on, he continues on, he doesn't give up. I press on, I press on, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, do not consider, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, of it. And he's talking about the call of God on his life. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on again, I press on, I press on towards the goal to, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul was saying there, even though he's gone through many struggles, many difficult times, and we can, we can kind of compare our lives to what Paul's been through, what Jesus has been through, and we probably won't be imprisoned, we probably won't be beaten, we probably won't be stoned, we probably won't go hungry and naked and starving. You know, he's been through some tough times, but he says, I continue on, I continue to press on, I continue to lay hold of Christ for what he lay hold, what he lay, lay hold of me for. I, I move forward, and I believe God is saying that today, don't give up, don't give in, don't surrender, keep moving forward, like Paul was saying here, keep pressing on to win that prize for what God has called us heavenward into. Keep moving forward. You know, if we don't give up, we will get there in the end. We will see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. We will see God do whatever he needs to do with us, but we need to continue on. Amen? And I love it what he said about forgetting the past and pressing forwards, onwards, upwards, not quitting, He's leaving the past behind him. He's leaving the stuff of his old life behind him and he's moving ahead. He's moving ahead. He's moving ahead. He's pressing in. Okay. The Bible also talks about us not shrinking back. Us not letting go of the plow. Us not going backwards. Jesus doesn't want us to shrink back. He wants us to continue to press forward. He wants us to continue to press in. Things may not look exactly the way we want them to look or exactly how we think they're going to look in our lives. But actually, we need to just hear from God. God, what is it in this situation? What is the outcome you want to happen with this? And you need to keep going back to God. Like Kay and Elsie were saying, they kept going to God. God, what is it you're saying? What is it you're saying? And then they gave... God gave them the revelation, this is what I'm saying. And they did, they, they believed that. And you have to still continue to pray and continue to press in. But actually, God will bring it to pass when it's the right time. So we're not of those that shrink back. That's a scripture in the New Testament. It says we're not of those that shrink back, but we go forward. We don't let go of the plow. There's a scripture that says about taking hold of the plow and keep moving forward and keep moving forward, not letting go, keep plowing, keep pressing in, keep going forward, not giving up. And lastly, just before we worship, I just want to bring this scripture. I don't know if it was on the slides. And this is from Romans 12.1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship to him. And just as we finish, and we're 
David's got a song that we're going to sing and we're going to worship to. Let's just take a bit of time to just give ourselves afresh to him, to lay down our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him, so that God can just work in us whatever he needs to work in us. Sometimes we just need to say, God, well, whatever it is you're doing, I believe that you're, we're gonna, I'm going to see the best outcome from this. But God, I just give you space to work in my life. So I believe this morning we just need to say, God, do whatever it is you want to do. If we just like to stand to our feet. This is an opportunity to just say, God, come. Come and work in my life. Come and use me. Do whatever it is you want to do in my life. When we lay our lives down before him as, a, as that sacrifice, he loves that. He comes in. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves before the Lord before he can work in our lives. Sometimes when we think we've got it all together and everything's working out the way we want it to work out and we're kind of a bit proud in ourselves, it's hard for God to step in and move in our lives. Sometimes we just need to say, God, come. I give you my life. I give you myself. So just, I want to encourage you, just lay down anything that might be standing in the way of you and him today. You will know what that thing is. And just ask God to work in you and through you. I'm just going to pray over us. Do you know, sometimes when we go through discouragement or disappointment or we feel like giving up, things are hard. Sometimes what that can be, and I know for us as a, as a church here, is it can be something that many of us experience at the same time. And it can be a spiritual thing that's going on, a negative spiritual thing. So I just want to pray into that before we finish here today. So Father God, if you'd just like to just start to pray over yourself as well. Father God, I just, I just lift up all of us here to you right now. And Lord God, I thank you, Father. You're the God of all encouragement. That Father, you're the God of compassion. You're a God that stands with us through our difficult times, Lord God. And Father, in you, Lord God, we have faith. We put our faith in you, Jesus. And Lord, your word says you'll never leave us or forsake us, Lord God. So Father God, right now, in Jesus' name, I just want to break off any disappointment, any discouragement, anything heavy, anything that depresses people, Lord God. Father, I just tackle that in the spirit right now. Father, we cut off all of that right now in Jesus' name from everyone's life here. That, Father, we don't come under anything heavy. But we come under your spirit, your life, your joy, your peace. Father, I thank you. It says in your word, your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Lord, none of us need to be carrying anything heavy. So, Father, I just rebuke any heaviness right now from anyone's life in this place. 
No depression shall settle on any of us in Jesus' name. I command that to lift. Thank you, Jesus. No disappointment, no discouragement, no dismay. Father, we look to you and we are radiant, Lord God. We look to you, we believe in you and we have faith and we put our faith in you. We put our confidence in you, not in ourselves, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. You're the one who lifts us up. Thank you, Father. Lift us up right now into your presence, Jesus. Lift us up, Lord God. Let, us not, uh, let our heads not be bowed down and, and, and sad and, and kind of just discouraged, Lord God. But let us have that spirit of joy in the inside of us. Like Elsie said, that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Father, we thank you for your spirit, Lord God. And I just release your spirit afresh into the lives of people here today. So just receive God's spirit today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your life on the inside of us. Praise you, Jesus. Let's give him a shout of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.